This week's episode is coming out a little bit later uh, than normal. It's about two days later. Um, I have gone through um, some big stuff in the last week with school. I had my comprehensive exam and graduation, um, and it just put me a little bit behind on recording. Um, So uh, thank you for your grace on that. And I know that last week we had a rerun. Well, this week we are back. Uh, to new content, um, and um, but I just want to acknowledge that that I'm a day later than what my intent is uh, with the show each week. So, without further ado, here we go. My name is L, and I'm a transgender woman talking about graduation. Um, this last um, weekend. I participated in commencement activities for my school, which is Alliant International University. Um, I graduated, uh, well, I'm in the process of graduating. I still have a couple more straggler class classes, so sort of a weird thing. My degree has been conferred, um, but I haven't received my diploma yet, uh, so there you go. Um, but uh, I've been attending Alliant uh, International University, and I've been uh, working on a Master's of Arts in um, uh, Marriage and Family Therapy. And, uh, you know, the reason that I chose this school um, is because of their uh, emphasis on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And uh, they write uh, as a part of their mission statement um, that their vision is an inclusive world empowered by alumni, alliant alumni. Diversity, equity, inclusion permeate every strand of our institutional DNA. It is innate in our pillars, mission, vision, and values. Um, and I've, you know, I found that to be true. And I honestly, I found that um, to be true in the ceremony. They read their mission statement. Alliant International University prepares students for professional careers of service and leadership and promotes the discovery and application of knowledge to improve the lives of people in diverse cultures and communities around the world. Um, I love their sense of vision of, of alumni of the school who are... Um, creating a more inclusive world. Uh, In fact, um, I have moved through my life with a sense of mission um, very much aligned with that. Um, I um, sort of developed this mission statement. I don't know if I've talked about it on the program yet, but uh, years ago, uh, maybe 15 years ago or something, when I was really in in the throes of trying to find a way to be content as a man, I was going to, I went to some men's retreats, um, um, some men's spiritual retreats, not a part of the Christian tradition, but um, in any case, part of my work was to sort of um, sense and describe and embrace a sense of mission over my life. And, um, and I did, you know, and, uh, and essentially it's, I am here to create inclusion, the very same word that I read in that Alliant mission statement. It's part of what resonated with me about the school. But my personal mission statement was, I'm here, I was put on this earth to create inclusion, to help all people feel like they have 
a place in this world, that they belong, that they have a way to give and to love and to serve and to be and to exist. Um, and it's my privilege to uh, use education and blessing and love and um, confrontation when necessary in order to facilitate that. Um, and that statement, I create inclusion through blessing, teaching, and confrontation, that has been a guiding light for me for many years, and I still hold it uh, closely. You know, at the time, I was struggling because I was uh, experiencing dissonance between my personal values and the values of the church institution that I worked for. Um, not in a grand sense, but um, I think that I... I was experiencing a misalignment between um, some of the ways that some of my pastoral colleagues uh, moved through the world as pastors and the way that I felt I wanted to move through the world as a pastor. And so I, I had some anxiety about what might happen um, and if, um, you know, if those differing perspectives or differing values were highlighted, would I lose my job, you know? And um, and so embracing this sense of mission, I create inclusion through blessing, teaching, confrontation, <clears throat> helped me to have more peace about the possibility of losing that vocation, which obviously eventually did happen for me. Um, and it was still really painful. <laughs> um, but in any case, I chose my school because of its values. And uh, so I, I've gone through the program now. I graduated. Um, the values of diversity, inclusion, equity were front and center throughout the commencement program. Um, it was really it was really a beautiful thing. And you know, um, if you've ever been to a graduation or participated in a graduation yourself, you know that um, graduations are both endings and beginnings, right? Uh, they're the end of uh, an education process, a culmination, a celebration, uh, but also they are the beginning of, of something new, right? They're ascending out. And, um, you know, I was thinking about... Um, graduation in terms of a rite of passage, right? And you, you maybe you've heard me feel like on the on the program I've talked a little bit about rites of passage, but you know, culturally in America, uh, which is the culture that I'm most familiar with, um, graduation is one of the most significant rites of passage that we have. Uh, we don't call it that usually, but it is. It's a rite of passage. It is um, a, a commemoration of something someone has done and a conferral, to use that word again, of new responsibilities, um, new opportunities, um, new a new way of being in the world, a new way of living, um, uh, I, there are other rites of passage in our culture include things like getting your driver's license, you know, going out and taking that driver's test and getting your card. Um, like I said, graduations, weddings are often rites of passage. Um, and of course, that's different um, for different American subcultures. You know, a wedding might mean something different for someone who's of, um, you know, Asian American or, you know, like Korean American descent versus someone who's 
um, a uh, Native American versus someone who's African American. Like, it may mean something different, and yet, in all of those, it may or very likely would be a rite of passage. Um, Participating in a competition or winning a competition can be a rite of passage. Going to prom for high school people. Um, I was saw recently that there was a queer prom, and it was sort of like a almost like a do-over for all the queer people who in high school weren't able to be true to themselves in terms of how they presented themselves or who they were uh, attending prom with or who they loved. Um, uh, senior night. Um, you know, I know that in the high school that I used to work in uh, back in my hometown, uh, every year um, at the end of those different sports seasons, they would have senior night, and it was like a really special celebration thing for the seniors on the team because it was their final home game uh, as a high school student. And so they would have a little ceremony and flowers and take pictures, and parents would say things, and it was a rite of passage, you know? Um, of course, in American culture, um, consumerism can be a big part of that. So buying your first car, buying your first home, uh, or other purchases might be a type of rite of passage. But we have a lot of them. Um, you know, in a lot of uh, cultures throughout the world, there are um, more traditional rites of passage where the whole culture recognizes these activities as being a key part of, you know, uh, becoming an adult. Um, there's like, you know, the walkabout in Aboriginal culture in um, Australia. Um, there um, is like the vision quest for some Native American uh, nations. Um, you know, th- there are some, uh, you know, passages like that. I would guess that for some people, maybe this would be specific to to, um, like, family subcultures, but, um, you know, going through military training or graduating from boot camp might be a rite of passage. There's all different sorts that we go through, and typically, at the end of a rite of passage, there's some sort of graduation. There's some sort of commemoration or celebration that sort of indicates an ending and a beginning. And, um, And I, you know, for me, this week, participating in commencement, participating in this graduation celebration, it uh, very much felt like that. It's been an incredibly intense process. And, you know, for me, um, my transition and being in school for this degree have really overlapped. Um, I I was applying for school um, about a year or about two years ago. Um, And it was right around the time when, well, I guess I wasn't. It was a little less than two years ago. Um, But, you know, about this time two years ago, it was becoming real to me that I was probably going to have to to resign um, from being a pastor because I knew that my denomination wouldn't accept me as a trans person. At least that was the most likely scenario, which is the scenario that ended up playing out. Um... And, uh, so I started school in fall or late summer of 2021 and, 
it's been full time, full bore. Um, it's been, you know, like, I mean, I've been able to do a little bit of work part time during that time, but it's been a really, really overwhelming, heavy part of my life, a significant part of my journey. Um, and it's been just really, really intense. It's kind of like, you know, going to, you know, going to medical school or going to nursing school or going to physical therapy school. It's been very intense and um, heavy and really, really personal. You know, I think to, in order to be a good psychotherapist, you have to have done uh, a lot of your own personal work because people uh, are likely to trigger you when you're in session. And so, these couple of years have been hugely intense. And so going through graduation, going through the commencement ceremony um, was really meaningful to me. Uh, it was really touching. I cried. My wife cried. Um, it, it just, it felt like a lot. It felt really uh, heartwarming and significant and meaningful. Um, and... Um, like I said, when I started in school, that was about the same time that I was beginning to live publicly as myself all the time. I was presenting female um, all the time publicly. And when I enrolled in school, I had to enroll in my birth name because that was still my legal name at the time. But from day one in class, I let everyone know that my name is Esther and you can call me L. and I am a trans woman, and I'm here, and I'm going to be seen as that way. And my hair was not long yet. Um, I was still growing it out, but, um, and I, you know, had only been on HRT for a few months, and I was definitely not passing. Um, and, you know, I'm still, I mean, you've heard me say this, I'm still pretty clockable today, but I feel so much more comfortable in my own skin and confident, and I've you know, had a lot of different medical treatments over these couple of years and a lot of experiences living as a woman in the world. And, um, and I'm, in a lot of ways, I'm a different person through transition or at least, well, yeah, I mean, a different perspective at least. And, um, and I, well, I don't know if I would say a different person. It's just more of who I really am has come out to the, to the surface. Um, so, you know, for me, it's sort of like transition and school have been overlapped on top of each other. And so when I came to graduation, when I came to the end of my school, it kind of led me to ask the question, is there a graduation for queer people? You know, is there a rite of passage for queer people? And... um. You know, is there a rite of passage in the queer experience, right? And I, you know, I don't know if I know the answer to that question. You know, maybe, maybe coming out, you know, coming out of the closet is a form of graduation or is a form of rite of passage. Unfortunately, I think that for a lot of queer people, um, you know, our rites of passage are often traumatic and awful, you know. Uh, they're, 
you know, the first time I got rejected from my family or the first time I got beat up or, you know, whatever. That might be the truth for a lot of people. I mean, there's probably some others, you know, like the first time attending pride might be a rite of passage and, you know, just, uh, you know, like, uh, a little bit of a secret of mine. I haven't yet been to pride. Don't tell anyone. Um, maybe someday, hopefully I'll get to go to a pride, but, um, you know, and so maybe that's a question for you. I would be curious to hear your feedback. Maybe I'll put that on the show notes uh, in Spotify. Um, you know, what are queer rites of passages? You know, what's what's a queer graduation? Um, you know, but that that this idea leads me to ask another question, which is, in transition, is there graduation? Do we ever graduate like does it is it ever over you know do do we ever you know what constitutes being complete you know sometimes i go on reddit and i read people's comments and i remember a recent um, post from someone who said you know i've had a failed transition you know i had all these procedures i've gone through all these different things i've had you know breast augmentation and bottom surgery and X many years of hormone therapy and whole new wardrobe and this and that and voice training and all these things that my transition has failed. It was not successful. Um, you know, it's not, it's not complete. I, I didn't do it right. Um, and so from the perspective of that person, it might be that, you know, maybe they had some standard in mind or some imagined end goal wherein they would graduate. And I just, I'm curious about what that might be for trans people, or if that's even a very helpful way of thinking about it. And now uh, you can hear me tipping my hand a little bit about what I actually think. But, you know, if there was a graduation in transition, if there was a time when transition came to an end, uh, what would the parameters for that be? How would you set that for yourself? You know, what parameters would you put on it? Um, and, you know, honestly, for me, there's a part of me that, that kind of thinks, well, um, you know, when I get to a certain place of comfort in my own skin, or when dysphoria is reduced uh, to a level where I'm not frequently thinking about it, or, you know, when I only think about dysphoria, my dysphoria once a day, that's my graduation, or when I only think about it once a month, that's my graduation, or that's a sign that transition is complete. You know, I s suppose that could be a standard for some, you know, when I have a certain level of comfort in my own skin and my own presentation and the way that people perceive me, um, then transition is over. Or, you know, when I pass consistently, right? When I'm read accurately by people in the world or when they address me uh, by my actual gender and, you know, there's been a certain number of months or years that have gone by in between um, being misgendered by someone in public or someone in private, that, that that signals that transition is complete. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because I guess, you know, for me, transition has been certainly uh, physical. 
there have been behavioral aspects. I've learned uh, more about femininity and how to perform femininity, just like little girls uh, learn that growing up uh, as they're socialized as young women. Um, I've learned about, um, you know, choosing to be uh, safe uh, in the world or being aware of potential dangers as a trans woman. Um, you know, I, I've gone through a lot of changes, but I'll a lot of those changes haven't been physical or bodily. They haven't been predicated upon uh, how I'm perceived or, or even, um, you know, predicated upon my own comfort. Like a lot of my transition has happened um, psychologically in the way that I see myself, the way that I understand myself. And, you know, I've grown so much in self-confidence and in self-respect and in like how much I love myself, how much I value myself. Um, there's been a great deal of, um, of it that's been like that. And like, in all honesty, I don't want that to come to an end. I want that to continue, you know? I, I feel like for me, in a lot of ways, being closeted was stunting my growth and stunting my um, you know, stepping into my own identity. You know, I mentioned at the, at the top of the show about my mission statement of being inclusion. You know, it's my conviction that, that being in the closet was holding me back from pursuing fully that mission of creating inclusion for other people. Um, and so I guess, you know, I have more of a growth mindset uh, over my own life. And because of that, I'm not really sure transition is ever going to be complete for me. I think I'm going to continue to grow, and I think I'm going to continue to plumb the depths of what it means to be uh, a woman, and what it means to be a trans woman, and what it means to be a trans person. And I, I expect to keep growing, and changing, and developing, and uh, expanding as a human being. And so I'm not so sure my transition will face a graduation as such. Um, you know, transition is is a change. It's a process of change. And like, you know, when do people quit changing in their lives? You know, one of one of the classes that I took for my master's program was one called Life Cycles. And it was about the different phases that people go through in their lives, these kind of six or seven different sort of commonly understood phases and we looked at how different people from different cultures experiencing those experience those phases differently how different cultures value those phases differently how those phases can be augmented by um, a person having gone through trauma or being disabled or um, you know having different impacts from you know social um, or socioeconomic uh, factors. And, um, you know, life is continual change. Um, you know, not to be glib, but, you know, back from my, back in my pastor world, we used to have these, you know, uh, business consultants essentially come in and to teach the pastors about how to make the church grow. We need to grow. And they used to say this thing, I remember multiple times hearing, you know, as they were laying pressure on pastors to evangelize more and to get more people in, um, they would say, um, you know, 
an organism, if it's not growing, whether it's a plant or an animal or whatever, if it's not growing, it's dead. And they would sort of say this as a threat. You know, if your church is not increasing in number, if the attendance is not going up, it's dead, you fucking loser. I mean, they didn't say that part, but that's what I heard, right? Um, but it's sort of this this idea that maybe some kernel of it is true. Maybe it's true with plants. I don't really know. But like, if, you know, when a plant quits growing, when it quits propagating itself, it's dead. And, you know, I wonder if something similar might be true of people. I'm not so sure it's true about churches, but, um, you know, it might be true of people that um, we grow our whole lives and there's maybe something that dies inside of us when we stop growing, when we get stuck. And maybe that's why transition is so transformative to us as a community. Because in this giant leap of faith, so we set out to change how we present ourselves in the world and how other people see us and how we understand the world and changing our bodies and changing our clothes, we set out on this crazy massive adventure for which there are lots of consequences um we experience incredible incredible change which is like a beautiful amazing wonderful part of life um maybe we're tapping into something that's essential in life and maybe that's why we do graduation right Maybe that's why we ceremonialize. Maybe that's why we ritualize. We recognize the change that has happened and the change that is yet to come. I think that ritual is so incredibly important. Uh, whether we're talking about a daily, uh, yearly, uh, decadely, uh, whatever, um, having these uh having ritual is really important in terms of the structure it gives to life and uh, the sense of progress we can have for our own sense of uh, where we are in the world. Um, And so maybe for you in your transition, if you have started or if you're thinking about starting, maybe that could be a useful question. How might I ceremonialize my transition? How might I signify um, in some kind of community or personal individual um, event or ceremony, how, how might I celebrate the ways that I've changed and the ways that I expect and hope to change in the future? Um, I'd be curious to hear from you on that. Um, yeah. I think that's going to be all for today. Um, Thanks so much for listening and for sticking with me and the program. Thanks for listening each week. I read every single one of your emails that come in. I did notice that on Apple Podcasts, there's been kind of an uptick of uh, transphobic haters who have been leaving one-star reviews. So if you listen to the show and you haven't had a chance yet to leave a review, please do that. Know you are counteracting the haters out there who are just being assholes. Um, It would be uh, a great service uh, to me and to the program. 
Um, I wanted to read actually one of the recent reviews that was left because um, I, I do read every single one of them and they are heartwarming. Um, this is one that was left by um, Christine B. Honest and insightful. I found this podcast right after my oldest came out as trans when I was looking for resources on how to understand and support her. This podcast has helped me in so many ways with understanding what transgender means and the struggles and challenges that come with it. I appreciate the raw honesty of Elle and the many topics that she covers and feel like it helped me as a parent of a transgender child. Christine, you are a star. Just on behalf of all of us, on behalf of the trans folks who did not get um, supportive parents, thank you. Your kid is lucky to have you and uh, thank you so much for for listening in and thank you for your review Um, and thank you all for listening to the show for joining us each week i will be back uh, again next week hopefully on youtube as well this this episode is not on youtube i'm still kind of getting myself caught up Uh, but thank you so much for listening uh, and i'll talk to you again someday soon my name is indeed l And I'm a transgender woman talking.